everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep, recording bright and early this Sunday morning so that Chris can help his friend move. I'm Alex. Wait, no. Why did you do it? <laughs> I just don't want it to happen. And it did. Uh, well, it's never going to get better. <laughs> now we got one more this season. Come the on, season's going to end soon. I mean, you presumably won't do it the week after that. Yeah, it's uh, like wiping your plates or remembering to put all the tortillas on. You know? <laughs> that's You'll... a good point. Yeah, I would have stopped the recording, but I had accidentally melted a napkin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Los Angeles hanging out with Megan. Hey, buddy. Hey. Um, also joining us in Northern California, it's Ez and Sarah. Hey, dude. Good morning. Hello. And in Brooklyn, New York, it's Mr. Movie Pants. It's Chris. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> oh, I, um, want I want that to stick. I... <laughs> Just a little bit tired. Also uh, joining us uh, from Burbank, California. It's New Sarah and Kyle. Good morning, guys. Good day. Hello. Thanks for being here. Um, <laughs> this week, we were talking about season 18, episode 13 of Top Chef, which the elves have titled Shelfishly Delicious. Ooh, baby. And I am calling Gapers. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the Seattle season, but as our intro discussion today, have any of you ever caught crabs? Yes, so many times I have so many stories about yeah. it. I have a <laughs> contest right. ready well, story whenever you want it. Just please, like, let's hear about your your crab catching story. Well, so my family has, has a number of boat people, mm. and uh, like half people boat, with, half people. Yes, <laughs> uh, like your cousin Tug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, people people with charter licenses slash boats at all. So one mm-hmm. summer when I was like, I don't know, eleven or something, um, a bunch of my family was out on a big uh, boat sailing around the the sounds, and um, we were crabbing along the way because you can do that, and crabs are delicious. And we got a bunch of crabs, and one of these crabs would, like, not go in the pot because you have to throw them in alive, which is traumatizing, but that's what you do. Yeah. And uh, we had all these other crabs in there, and this crab, like, got on top of its, like, fallen brethren and got its little legs around the top of the pot and was, like, trying to get the lid off and was like, hell no, you don't. And we had to, like, poke it back in the pot. It was very dramatic. And our Good job, little buddy. Boat cabin. And then the act, the crab's final act of revenge was to poop all over all of the crabs in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> so we couldn't even eat any of them. And I, oh, that's what? awesome. Crabs are What's... also one of my favorite foods. Not because of that, but I also do respect that they put up a fight. <laughs> I love... Well, so one thing that crabs do is that when they die, they put out a poison that kills other crabs so that they can like put a moat around them that's like there's a danger area here which is a very dramatic way of preventing other crabs from dying is by killing everything near you yeah they it's a very like, you can't fire me i fire <laughs> everyone around us. yeah exactly I destroyed the world I, yeah they they burn down a moat of crab around them and then whatever the bad thing is can't get to you the other ones it's but really interesting i don't understand how that wouldn't it just like go out forever because as the other chain reaction yeah so it does kind of chain reaction so they kind of like scuttle away from the death and that's how they keep so they get far enough away that there's just like (laughs) oh that's so they have uh, an incentive to move away as quickly as possible yeah because otherwise Uh, they'll die okay gotta walk away from this thing about crabs (laughs) is that they they move in packs on top of each other so they just like you know, like the like the zombies in World War Z, they just are always climbing on each other's backs. So it'll be like thirty or forty crab deep in, in oh. big groups, just moving as one unit. It's 
gross. Are what you're, is what you're saying, Alex, that we should have respected more and eaten the zombies from World War Z? There's or no only if they're a certain size. <laughs> there's literally no other way. Yeah, they give you a little measuring uh, yeah, plastic measuring thing. Stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take the other, don't take the small ones or the females. But yeah. Brad Pitt's like, I know what we need: clarified butter. <laughs> but there's literally know, no other way to interpret what I said. It's um, really like once you get past all of the claws and the death farts and uh, the size and how how sometimes difficult they're to catch and eat and clean. It's one of the best foods in the world. I am obsessed with. I think maybe it's crash. because of all of that. Yeah, this it's is a... evolution in practice. Like it's yeah. the tastiest meat in the sea. Maybe. So evolution gave it like this hard shell. They yeah. hit it all in the grossest parts. They right? They're like, look, look, we've got ocean num nums. We're gonna put it inside a giant ocean spider. <laughs> it's like a big pickle jar that you just can't open. Yeah. But it made me so hungry. And a pickle jar that tries to pinch you. Yeah, it bites you back and poops to death. Um, Chris, you've also gone crabbing. Yeah. No, it's uh, similar to Sarah. um, Did it while uh, boating around with with boat family friends in the sound. (laughs) And it's it's very nice. Like, you sort of anchor, you know, uh, in the afternoon. Uh, you drop the crab pots. You bring them on up. It's it's a very it's a it's a fun activity, and it's as though you know the sea's bounty is right there for you. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, quick quick a, a delicious. language question. So the yes. crab pot is like the trap. Yes, yeah, but yeah. the crab pot yeah. is also the pot that you put the crab. I think in. That's just a pot. That's just a pot yeah. that comes a crab pot when the crab is in it. Yes, yeah. and then stops being a crab pot and becomes a lentil pot later. Yeah, it's it's sort of like Air Force One. Yes, in that exactly. way. <laughs> Crab is on is technically a crab pot. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. Um, have any of you guys caught cr- caught clams? Yes, clam digging. Ha- um, have you got any gapers, or are those too deep? Uh, no, we never did that. We we had more. I would say what I call clam size clams. Yeah, that are just, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, whatever. butter clams in this case. Uh, yeah, but uh, absolutely delicious. And and I will say, like, I mean, they they made a comment about how it's so much better when it's fresh, and it is true. Um, yeah. is is with anything that's that's from the sea the fresher the better and you they just get... are so squirty on this episode i oh, loved yeah. it yep yep they're just like basically <laughs> they, i think they like pranking people maybe you know <laughs> walking by just just right shooting right. yeah there was a great shot where they put the camera just like parallel to the seabed and you just watch just all little squirts pop up that was yep. cute i was really yeah. impressed the camera caught that yeah I mean, it was just squirting everywhere and it's like you can't not catch it just right. nothing but squirts. Or they just left it there for two hours and that was the one minute oh, time where it was happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about this episode. So 8.13 kicks off day two on the Oregon coast, which starts unpleasantly early, just like our podcast, as Padma wakes everybody up by telling them to go clamming and then goes back to bed for a nap. Um, she does not participate. Uh, the chefs must catch a clam and cook a clam. Uh, Brooke takes them to the beach where they harvest their very own clams, which are, everyone knows, the Polly Pocket of the sea, um, available in butter variety and something horrifyingly known as gaper clams, which we looked up and are very similar to gooey duck, but a little bit smaller, just a tiny bit smaller. Okay. And, and they got, like, do gooey duck have, like, a heart outside? Yeah, they yeah. have selfish. A shell? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, so the, the gooey duck looks hmm. like it's exploding out of its shell. It's, okay. Or, or it's... Um, I'm always um, distracted by the other parts. exploding out of its shell. Yeah, oh, I'm always okay. focused on the other uncomfortable parts that I don't want to look at, that I don't look at the shell part. Yeah, yeah. 
It I, looks like if a clam was a, was like slowly digesting a penis from one end. Hey, wild, family show. <laughs> just, how wild is it, guys, that the gaper clam is not the biggest and most phallic clam in the world? Like, isn't yeah, that a crazy <laughs> thing? Yeah. 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 But, I mean, uh, it is almost like you had a very large hot dog, and then you had, like, a tiny dinner roll instead of a bun. You had a slider bun? And, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. slider bun on the side. That's, that's exactly right. Well, Thanks. Uh, hey, Family listen. Show. I can say that uh, the, a little restaurant review, there's a restaurant in Los Angeles uh, run by Chef Mei Lin that basically makes fried chicken sandwiches that are the gapers of fried chicken sandwiches. Uh, Wait, so just huge oh, pieces so, of chicken and small bowl, buns? Well, it's like a bun, but what they do is they cook chicken thighs, and what I think they do is they like cut the skin off and fold it over and then batter and fry it. So like the meat is in the bun, but this like little flap of skin fries and make this like <sighs> tongue that sticks out the All end. Right. All right, the flap of skin fries is a little too much for me. Eh, it's I'm delicious. I'm no longer having fun. I'm thinking uh, this. I'm very confused. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, let's hear about the clam dishes. Dawn's bisque is quick, but her soup isn't smooth. Shoda tries to butter up the judges, but his consistency gets him chewed out. And the day belongs to Gabe, who so far has been always a complainer, never a bride. His sopa de mariscos mariscos, uh, helps him poach his first ever quickfire win. Some quickfire winners get $10,000. Gabe walks away with a handsome... $100 in fast food gift cards, and he spends it entirely on crab fat. And that's the challenge. (laughs) Um, I hate to quibble with you. Yeah. I feel like he spent it on lobster mushrooms that he did Mm. not, uh, you know, that was his big difference, right? Yeah. No. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Um, that's very true. You're right. Uh, but also, like, when you, it, it reminded me of the Seattle episode where they put somebody did, um, a lobster butter where they just had so much extra product that they could just, use a little bit of it oh yeah for this extra bush of flavor and he was able to use extra crab fat just for his tortillas because he had the extra hundred bucks or in ezra's case he might have just bought a hat and taken the 99 dollars and change i don't know wait yeah i mean or ten dollars i was gonna say how much do you think, how much do you think i spent on hats i assume you don't buy expensive hats well if they're free you kind of have to do it yeah like um I also do think it's important to say, because I am annoyed every time someone on this show says, "Uh, finally, when they win, really annoying. However, um, before this challenge, Gabe had been in the top 9 of 12 quick fires. Wow. And not one, which is an impressive run. Yeah, just statistically. Yeah, if I was him, I'd be more upset for like not shooting the moon i think he lose he looks worse now because he only won one of those right as opposed to like doing the thing in hearts where you like try and get all the hearts yeah 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 I, I, shooting the moon is a, a great example of that I, in anyone... fact, I wish more games had a system where it's like okay but if you lose enough you actually win a perfect mm-hmm. loss what if, what if you get like a hundred thousand dollars if you yeah. if you're in the top but and never, never win. win yeah yeah, yeah. the bridesmaid prize the yeah, bridesmaid like, like maybe like before like what if you just get some nice friends you know (laughs) friendship and a dress you can't wear again yeah i I was thinking like maybe like if you like before scorsese like won an oscar like just he gets to like i don't know be in charge of the academy right because it was just it was so impressive that he lost that many times (laughs) yeah i mean the best person ever to win a championship is a more interesting prize uh, more interesting title than one of ten hmm Agreed. That's true in um, Kino also, where it's like where you pick like ten numbers, and if you get a couple numbers, you win nothing. 
if you get all of them, you win a lot. And if you get nothing, they still give you a, they give you a prize because it's actually kind of hard to get them all wrong. Yeah, I like I this. I like that. That's a fun system. I mean, you, you it makes the game exciting. Um, you can't really get good at that, right? It's still no. Nope, that's part of the fun. Okay. Um, um are we you got good at second place. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and I, uh, we got to kind of experience some of the Padma feels, I guess, from this morning, uh, oh. as our kids woke us up, um, um, because they had decided to, uh, do a quick fire, um, at like six fifteen this morning. Did they, no wait, what did they light on fire? No, 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 no. It was not like it was, it was, um, it was a quick fire, uh, around, uh, morning, morning smoothie breakfast. Oh, so actually, that is that is true. So Padma's acting very much like a kid, where she wakes you up at six o'clock and is like, "Make me clams." Yeah, so it was more like the chefs kind of woke like Padma up in this situation where it's like, "We're gonna make you clams." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they did the cooking. It wasn't make mommy and daddy compete no, no, against no. each other it was, in a was... high stakes situation. <laughs> That's I don't. I think we would just like rolled over for that. But uh, no, uh, no, it was just like kids. Like you know what, six fifteen. Time for some breakfast drinks. Uh, and then Maya somehow woke up also like pretty quick after that. And she's like, I'm all in on this breakfast drink thing. Um, <laughs> we'll send over uh, footage of them describing the dish. But it, it had. How were they? I mean, they're, I, they're close by. So delicious. Yeah, I, I legitimately enjoyed mine. Mine was well balanced. Uh, was there a roundness of flavor? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes, uh, but but I, I did actually finish mine. Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was funny. really good. No, so like, I mean, they there was not an ingredient <laughs> they, that they could have used that they did not use, which I really appreciate. Sure. It was like, it was well, made well, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. ordering kind of drink. We had to put the kibosh on food coloring when that was sure. requested, but everything yeah. else was a go. Pretty much everything. Um, I mean, I've certainly had smoothies like that. Yeah, no. Also, I just want to say, like, pretty inventive. Like they they use the the um, the citrus press uh, to mush up the plum cot that we had, mm-hmm. um, and that was because they wanted some more like red color because we didn't let them use the red sure. food coloring. Oh, this is a natural food coloring. Yeah, and you got a mottled plum. Yes, we absolutely did. And they also they modeled uh, a uh, grape with uh, that like little like arrow uh, like a like an arrow latte little thing because that's like that's about the speed they can use instead of an immersion blender. Sure. Um, yeah, there's wow, sprinkles. This... There's there's whipped cream. There is uh, oat milk, <laughs> almond milk, and there's ube ice cream. There's ube ice cream. Goodness. <laughs> Um, I'm here for it. There's three hilarious. kinds of, of uh, applesauce pouches, one for each uh, cup, I think. Um, wow. It, it, Whatever it, the fisherman's brings. You know? uh, yeah, <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was, it was, the, it was, the, was, what was, what was the, the, it was om, omakase? Is that, I think that's what it was. Umabashi? No, the, the one, no, like the one where they trust, you trust the chef. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You mean but, chef yeah. Instead of a multi course, uh, you know, sort you of series all together. In one in one cup, like take that. But who has the time for omakase? <laughs> Just throw it into a blender. Yeah. We're good. Wow, wow. Well, I mean, congratulations to them for finally winning a quick fire. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should, when we talk to the producers, uh, we definitely should pitch uh, uh, Top Chef really early mornings. Uh, I think Ooh. I think it'll go over well. I I felt so bad for them with the five o'clock Padma wake up because it's been a long season already. This is not like first couple of weeks, sure surprise them, but it's been so long that it's unfair. And then the elimination challenge was like pretty quick after that early wake up day, right? It did seem like it. These are some tired folks. Um, um, I will say it is more fun to 
wake up really early if you get to wake someone up, else up really early. I think for that's sure, like, yeah, it's like having the most antidote uh, yeah. to, to that tiredness. Like, you know what? It's bad for me, but I get to choose it. It's going to be more, sort of way worse like for you. It feels like a foxes at five situation. Hmm. No. Nope. Okay. Never mind. Goodbye. Nope. Okay. This is not, we're not telling. All right. I thought it was a great opportunity for a funny story, but no. I, I, Googled this. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> Sounds like a personal story. Is. I don't think you're finding it on Google. How about Bing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's so funny in, in hindsight. Okay. All right. Nope. Whatever. Nope. Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, all right. So new bit. Um, when they, they So they started, when Pat was explaining this challenge, she said, when you think of the Oregon coast, one ingredient comes to mind. Megan, could you think of that one ingredient? No, I was very curious. I had no idea what she was talking about. It's not little, fudge. That would have been my first guess. Little bits of sand, right? Sand. Yeah, yeah sand. sand. Sand, yeah. like And some uh, fog. Saltwater taffy. Rain. Saltwater yeah. taffy is the wrong coast. Coast. Yeah. No, but, about, I've, I've had saltwater taffy from a great place in Seaside, Oregon. Right ooh, near ooh, Beach. There's not as much of it on the West Coast. But yeah, this is what I'm Wait, saying. No, I, know, not, I know this. It's, it's a bunch of ice cream with a dead body, right? Because that's what happened in the Goonies. Sure. That's, I mean, I don't know what else. Or maybe like a, a candy bar? Baby uh, food's, food's Here's the thing. We have eaten food at the coast so many times, and I don't think we've ever had anything good. Okay, but we're vegetarian, and we don't eat seafood. We don't eat the seafood. So that's true. that's a really important caveat. Yeah, there's it is. not much produce by the coast. Right. Famously, it's all sand, so vegetables aren't growing there. Right. Except um, for kelp. Yeah, it should be more. It should be more. Oh, look, some kelp. Um, which I was hoping would play would feature more prominently in Shota's dish, but yeah, his clams oh, wow. were too, too chewy. Um, yeah, it was just like as far as like Oregon branding, I feel like they did not do as well in that. Or they're trying to make that a thing, maybe that isn't already a thing. I don't know. It's what I associate with the coast. Your first thought was clams. Yeah, clams and crab. I knew they were doing crab later, but like yeah, I'll crab I would have thought first area. before yeah. before clams for sure. Well, I just have so many memories of getting squirted by clams on the beach and like going Aww. clamming. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? I, yeah, I mean, I would assume fish would have come to my mind. Um, I've seen a lot of deer at the coast. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, it was just it was funny that she made it sound like we all definitely would know, and I did not know. Um, I'm sad that Shota didn't complete his block of Gabe, but Gabe's uh, soup looks really incredible. It, it looks look so beautiful. Really well, this it is does. also interesting for a quick fire because since they dug up all the clams, knew they were cooking clams, but had to drive back like an hour and a half. This is the rare quick fire where it's just about cooking something in 30 minutes, but you have forever to conceive the dish. That's very true. premeditated. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Um also, it's the first quick fire they've ever cooked on Padma's balcony while she looks down on them. Well, metaphorically, she's done that, I'm sure, several times. Sure, sure. Physically, though, she was just like popping up above them. And they were just like, they were just on the patios of their hotel rooms. This that originally been was going. plan B, right? Because it was yes. just raining. Oh, I was you're just going right. to say, yeah, because uh. it seems like everything was set up and like really jammed into those like little that could hotel not have been, yeah, what patios. they wanted. Totally yeah. right. That must have been a rain plan. Yep. Because. Um, Ideally, they would be like cooking and looking at the sea, or you know. yeah. I have to say, they found a bunch of cute matching umbrellas pretty quickly for everyone. Oh, yeah, elves just they always did. have some umbrellas. Also, speaking as, as somebody who has totally cut themselves with like an oyster knife um, uh-huh. in that crook of your hand, because that's uh-huh. kind of where you're holding, you oh, know, yeah. you're anchoring the the oyster or clam in this case, like. It really hurts. And it Shota, looks, it looks uh, like a miracle every time you don't cut yourself. 
That's it, right. And and like, granted, it has all the dullness of a butter knife, but you're putting so much force behind it that if it yeah. slips off of a round scale, you know, not scaly, but a round skittery surface that yeah. it's just I, that the Sarah's me, I, are out. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that reminds me, his medic situation where he was getting his hand worked on behind his body and continuing to cook with the other hand. That was pretty good. With one was hand behind awesome. his back. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have to see his wound. Exactly. It was you, really good. I you know what they needed, though? They needed a uh, Chipotle brand, uh, like, chainmail gauntlet. Chainmail right? glove, yes. Would have been perfect. That um, actually so, probably would be, like, of all the things where that seems helpful, it would be on, on like, clams and shucking. Also, I do, I mean, I do like, I do like a good revenge story as we, as we had earlier, right? So this is another way where it's like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, break open my, my, I don't know, home slash skull and eat me, but. Oh, that's gonna, true. Yeah. yeah this I'm was the cut, equivalent I'm, of the clam pooping on the other clams. Yeah. I'm gonna cut you. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to our elimination challenge today. Let's. Uh, cl- you've already clamped on a clam, but can you grab a crab? Gregory <laughs> takes the chefs out on a boat to pull up some crab pots, and it's not our the man Bering- Gigi, but it's not a bear- the Bering Sea. They just are- have a little trouble standing, making it the slipperiest catch. Mm. Hey. Um, why are we doing all of this? Well, obviously, it's because James Beard used to live on the Oregon coast, and he loved crabs almost as much as he loved going to the beach dressed as a horror cowboy clown. He was, wow, he was, he was born a ghost, right? <laughs> <laughs> he never aged. Yeah, that was a good, some great photos of him. Um, James Beard, obviously famous for the award, bearing his name and the facial hair that he came up with, but... He's also known for having the first ever food TV show in like 46, did it say? Very mm-hmm. early on. Um, and also for liking his crab, both hot and cold. That last one may not sound true, but Padma said it so confidently that I believe it. And so do the chefs. They now have to make two separate dishes, one hot and one cold. Although, as with other briefs this season, having the food be cold, completely optional. Oh, and for a morale booster, the chefs have a brief Zoom with Alice Waters, who refuses to answer any direct questions. I loved In that. In the edit. <laughs> it was such, but I, I was like, yeah, don't ask Alice what she, she's not going to give away her recipe ideas for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's uh, tap dancing away from, from all those. What would you cook? Anyway, great talking to you guys. Thanks for being here. Really <laughs> nice Zooming with you. Mm, crabs. Yep. <laughs> really Make those crabs really crabby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what she did say was... Um, I, I think pretty good, and and I don't think the edit captured it in its fullness. But you know, she says something about like she would serve it so that the crab is practically putting on its bib and and you know, um, ready for dinner. Oh, I you don't know, think I she think said I, that. I took to mean like you know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it's it, in the edit, it didn't sound very good. But I think what it was trying to say, um, at least my perception of it, was that you know, really keep everything as fresh as possible, do as little to it as possible. Um, you know, and really celebrate the ingredients so that you can taste that freshness that it's just, you know, uh, you taste the immediacy of how good you, you know, or how quickly you harvested it. Yeah, I think that is also, yeah, it's definitely reasonably good advice. And I can't imagine that they were actually hoping to get a real dish idea from her. No. So, yeah, make the crabs shine. It's pretty great advice. Yeah. Um, uh, to start things off for the dishes today, Shota dreams of sushi and he serves it two ways, one way. Side note. Um, if somebody gives you a thing on a menu that says it's two ways, but you only receive one piece, you are morally required to eat it two different ways. Mm. That's the only way to make that dish live up to its potential. Um, Gabe pairs his crab with lobster, mushrooms, 
and he finishes his cold dish with a hot soup because he does not give a crap about your rules. Um, Dawn There's decides, no time! <laughs> Dawn decides to be the only one to actually serve what she promised, which historically hasn't been her strongest skill. Um, she does what she, she says she'll do, makes us a cashew stew with crab in it too. And let me tell you, it's a real how do you do. Uh, but some like it hot, so it's time for round two. Um, Shota makes a braised daikon that apparently is very good, but I don't know. I feel like you can just get those for a quarter at any Japanese gas station. It's 50 cents. It was that's 50 two, cents? That's tuppence. <laughs> That's quad pins. It, it might right? be. I, I mean, yeah, there's also, you know, who knows with yen and the, the price these days. Um, uh, Gabe's mole is crab themed this week, and he uses his extra money to make tortillas featuring crab, frat, crab fat and melted towels. Um, just like a classic locker room situation. Dawn does a classic crab boil and ruins more fancy judging clothing than anybody in the history of Top Chef. She's also the first chef to leave off a key component of her dish in four consecutive elimination challenges. Yeah! But because of See? Gabe's towel fat tortilla and Shota's sushi one ways, it's kind of a push, everyone. Dawn did is bad. shooting the moon. Dawn right, Dawn is, is shooting, shooting the moon. Exactly. The moon. Also, yeah. also, you do when everybody misses one component of a dish, it feels like maybe you didn't give them enough time. Yeah, that's mm. definitely what it is, because cleaning fresh crab and picking it uh takes so long yeah and this felt like the this is like one of those days where it felt like if you just gave the challenge an extra 30 minutes everyone would have served the best food you've ever eaten yeah it's because they wanted to time that judges table elimination chat with the beautiful sunset behind them oh it was mm. lovely it was yeah, so it was... gorgeous even with all the people just stopping and staring on the beach i was like i would have <laughs> so been there in a heartbeat i'm just like out there in my giant sweatshirt being like yeah let's watch this whatever's oh, look going at tv on. happening yeah um the judges uh, liked every all the food so much and also were equally annoyed at everybody so they couldn't possibly send somebody home after they all, all cooked this well um and so we have a four-person finale or um because you're including Avishar, who somehow is getting back in. Yes, <laughs> they realize that like they can't, they can't not because they're like, well, look, like everyone gets, everyone wins, everyone yeah. wins. I no imagine losses. like Avishar jumps out of a time machine at the end and is like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he he's like the- ten years older because he's been aging the whole time. He's yeah, away. He gets, and then like, we're all back. like, oh, remember all those times when he won all those challenges and. Uh, all of a sudden, it come, all these new memories come flooding yeah, back because yeah, he's changed exactly. them all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like, No, you just have like yeah, and you have like the supercut of just like him like maybe messing up all the other judges, like taking off like one item. Of oh, Avishar is popping up in the background, stealing one tortilla, and <laughs> no, he's taking, been stealing all Don's ingredients, yeah, taking yeah. Don's ingredients away. <laughs> oh, that's a great. That's a very fun version. I was sort of expecting that Sasha would still have a chance to cook for to be in the finale, but. Haha. Ha. I went with Avishar instead for that. Thank um, you. I I have this theory. Okay, so I love a three-person finale. I think a three-person finale is better than a two-person finale. There's been a lot of them. They're great fun. Um, and my my theory is that this was not a surprise decision. They probably knew this going in that they were going to have all three people because Byron did not successfully get back on the show. So there was supposed to be one more chef and they would have had to have done either a double elimination in one of the last two weeks or just had a three person finale and not told us. So I think they had this wiggle room all along. Maybe it wasn't like a devious plan, but they were like, 
well, we we're going to have Byron here, and now we don't. So let's just do three yeah. person finale again. Well, I, maybe only if it was going to be close, right? Because what if one of them yeah. had really bombed? They would sure, not yeah. agree with that. That's, That's, uh, yeah, I guess maybe not a, exactly. So not an evil plan, but just like we had, they, they knew going in, we could probably do three if we wanted. Yes. Yeah, this was this is exactly what uh, I, I totally agree with you, Sarah. Um, you know, it doesn't seem devious uh, to me. I think the finale was probably left open as two or three chefs, and if all the chefs do well by themselves this episode all three will go to the fi- uh, finals and and that's great um and i agree i mean the flexibility is with with byron there this didn't have to be an elimination but the final was probably always going to be two or three and give themselves yeah a little bit of wiggle room. and this was a but perfect I'm, one to to do that because they yes. clearly had a life-changingly good meal despite all the components missing yeah and i'm really reluctant to assume conspiracy or assume deviousness in the way that yeah the yeah, yeah. I, does. sorry I, 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 I never uh, assume deviousness but it is television and television is artifice and they had what the flexibility to have more people in there <laughs> i Huh? No, sorry. Wait, <laughs> this is reality TV. Um, Real is right in the name, Alex. Oh, that's true. Fact. But honestly, this was the right decision. And thank God, because Kyle and I were watching this just like getting more and more worried because we're like, oh, God, they're all messing up. Like, it seems like Gabe's mole was not as good as the other two, perhaps by a very slim hair. And yeah. we're like, oh, God, they're going to send Gabe home and people are going to fixate on the tortilla and continue to like be awful to Don because yes. of this situation. And thank God they didn't make that choice because everyone made like rookie mistakes in this one. And it just would have been such a bad look because we can't taste the food if they had sent someone home for something that had been excused in the past. Yeah, that's such a good point that the it wouldn't just be that they were sending someone home for great food, but they were going to send someone home while someone else made a very similar mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just would have been awful. And it's like, I, you know, the the, the judges always go do like uh, pods or whatever and talk about how there were actual like differences in the flavor. And they're always very like quick to defend their decisions when it seems arbitrary to us as viewers. But this was just like, it, they were rolling into what would have been, I think a huge controversy if they yeah. had sent anyone home. Well, um, let's get into a small controversy anyway, um, because it still exists a little bit um, in our, uh, in our mail. So I'll start with Jane on Facebook who says, so I might be in the minority in regards to Dawn not getting eliminated for leaving elements off the plate because in my opinion, it's not like she's serving bad food. Yeah, I can see why it's upsetting in the context of the competition and following, quote, the brief which I feel like those quotes are aimed at me. Uh, but then at that point of frustration belongs to the judges, not to Dawn. I also think that for the most part, in a real-time real, life t- real time situation, forgetting to put something on the plate is much more easily remedied than serving a dish that doesn't taste good mm-hmm. or make sense, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. even if no yep. element is missing. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And she said it much more eloquently than I was doing Yeah, last it's definitely time. possible for like, oh, hey, we brought you another tortilla now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In the real world, that stuff is not going to come into play. And I know this isn't the real world, so they should just follow the challenge. Well, but real is in the name. Oh, right. Wait, is this real? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this isn't the real world because they're not in a bus. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's road rules. Oh, that's road rules? What's the real real world? They're in a house? Yeah, Yeah, they're in a house in a city. With lots of bars. um, And yeah, that's because they haven't taken over a bar with their filming. Um, I. To be clear, I feel like of all of the Dawn mistakes, last one last week was the one that actually bothered me because I felt like she did not fill the brief, and I think that matters. Um, uh, it does not matter to everybody, but it does matter a little bit to me. And 
I did. Let's see. Uh, well, somebody on on Twitter who I didn't actually didn't put this in the notes, but wanted to know whether like leaving the um, leaving the dish hot for Gabe counted as not following the brief. And I feel like yes, absolutely. His problem this week of leaving the soup hot is a bigger problem than the tortilla off because the brief didn't say you have to have a crab fat tortilla for everyone. The brief said cold dish, and he served you a hot soup, and that's stupid. Well, here's, here's the thing. The- though. The wildest thing about that is his hot soup is probably what saved him from being eliminated because they like the one hot dish in the first course more than everyone right. else's. Right. Yeah. What were you going to say, As? Well, I was going to say, I mean, look, uh, you know, this universe has a lot of entropy going on. So, like, at some point, it's going to be cold. There's never going to be, like... Um, oh, so it's their pit- fault for eating it too fast. Yeah. I mean, look, potatoes are never going to magically get on the plate uh, with time, but eventually, right? Yeah. That's he should have said cold. part of this dish is that you wait five minutes before yeah. you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or uh, this dish must be taken outside briefly and then brought back in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Season it with <laughs> like the salt air. Yeah. <laughs> um, I But you know, I was thinking about the brief because I do that does irritate me. But Megan and I were watching a different reality show this weekend. We were what? watching cheating. Well, we were watching Lego Masters Australia season two, of which we are huge fans. Wow. That's but, a lot of modifiers. I know. Yeah. Um, well, so I adjectives. like every Lego show, so I'm just looking for all the ones that I could find. But there's like there's a challenge where they're making 3D art, and one of them is not art, and the other one's not 3D, and he has to decide which one's worse. And and it just reminded me like. Every show, they make up how much the brief matters to them. Yeah, they have to. They have to. Every competition, they have to be like, well, look, we said we wanted dinner rolls, and you technically gave me a potato dumpling, but it looks similar, and I love it. Like, it's that's super normal. Ooh. I I want to make a show that's, like, top least bad, and it's just, it's impossible briefs, and whoever gets the best of it, but, like, you know, will obviously still fail. Yeah, I was like, are you describing nailed it? No, no, I want competent people. Oh, oh, okay. Excuse me. Uh, sometimes they are competent on Nailed It. They set them up to fail. <laughs> that right. is a show where they, I think some of the people are probably at least marginally better than they appear on that show. Well, also, instead of top it, you should then call it not the bottom chef. Race to slightly above the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, skimming chef. All right. Well, so now I want, just to be fair, I would like to also um, get a counterpoint on Dawn from Brandy who sent us this email, subject Gurr. Um, I uh, I don't think that Dawn is fundamentally completing the challenges according to the rules. Uh, they have given, albeit a very few, contestants a pass in the past, as well as in this episode, but have never twice harbored a repeat offender, much less someone like Dawn who doesn't more often than she... More who does this more often than she doesn't. Even before I... Sorry, this is not um, Brandy's writing. This is my reading fault. Um... Even before I saw that she was passed through, I was already irritated with Kwame for wanting to scorch the earth where Shota stood for leaving off one item of his while having excused Dawn at every turn throughout the season when she's done the same over and over again. The elves clearly felt it too as they showed Edward Lee giving him some serious eyes over this. Um, they have quali- they have disqualified people for from winning elimination challenges in the past for going over the allotted time. In my mind, it's the same. She had completed plating. She would have had she completed her plating. She would have gone over the time. So the quality of the food shouldn't have been eligible to be considered. I am resigned that most reality shows uh, have some level of artifice and production manipulation, but Top Chef has always given me the impression of integrity. If Dawn's win, if Dawn wins, I am done. Full stop. But even if I quit the show, I will never quit quit the pod. Wow, people! This is like it's so interesting to me that this particular 
like issue this season has really seemed to like touch a nerve with people because for me I always assume like well I'm not eating the food so the judges like I I trust their opinion that way I think more and I guess that's where I trust the integrity because I'm not sure I think we can argue all day about who has the best narrative to becoming top chef you know like I think they would be doing some different editing things if they were really wanting to like push a storyline but I, I do always have to trust that at a certain level, it, it comes down to the, the food, right? And like, it's frustrating to see a talented person just mess up a bunch of times. I think that's what I keep coming back to. But it's just surprising to me that this seems to be the season where a lot of people are like, it's really, it seems to really bother a lot of people more than I was expecting. So I my theory on why that is, is that, well, so Brandy did include a PS justice for Sarah. Um, so certainly the fact that um, oh. local favorite had to go home yeah. because of Dawn has struck a nerve for a lot of people. Um, but I think that's, I really don't think it was because of her. I think Sarah would have gone home in Restaurant Wars anyway. I, I maintain that too, but it's it's so hard to say, you know, when we're... It is yeah, hard to say, and I believe, the like, the edit gave us Tom saying, if the other dish had been cold, this dish would have been great. Uh, like, I, it felt like they wanted us to believe that. But I think so. I think that's part of it. The other thing I think is just the sheer number of times that it is extremely frustrating to watch a chef make the same mistake over and over and over again. Well, and that's the thing with reality shows, too, is one of the most frustrating things to watch is like someone not learning in any sort of context. And that's one of the more satisfying things of like competition based reality shows it's like people can make a mistake, but if they do it again, they get punished for it. Yeah. There is this sort of like uh, morality or like way of how you think the universe works where if people do things wrong, they get a chance to learn and then they're punished for it. And I, I think there is like a, a – for people who watch reality shows or, or are – I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's like if you're wired to watch reality shows, this is like a fundamental rule of how things work that isn't being obeyed. And it's definitely clear of Top Chef over the years that like if you make food that's a little bit under seasoned, Tom will give you some give you a little dad lecture. But if you do it more than once, you'll be like, look, I was clear on this. You had a chance to get better on this show and you're making the same mistake. And that's more of a problem to make the same mistake more than once than make different mistakes each time. Could I just interject here and you know for instance i know we've been talking about sort of the three in a row or four in a row type of thing uh due to canny menu writing potatoes were literally never mentioned in the dish the diners had no expectation of the potatoes and i could not agree more i think that's a key thing this if she had just not said when they were like you know what we need is a we needed a biscuit if she'd been like great give me an hour you get a biscuit right um (laughs) Then yeah. they probably would have been like, oh, good point. But, it was too short. Yeah. Your dish is perfect. But because right. she told told them she'd left another dish off, they were like more annoyed. Yeah, but the overall impression while eating the dish, you know, may have been, hey, this needed something to sop up. But at the same time, I mean, as uh, new Sarah, you mentioned, like, we're not there at the table. Like yeah. her, her food, I, I mean, I have to assume some degree of integrity with the judging here where what she's putting out despite an inconsistency of forgetting a thing on a plate or, you know, an element, you know, whatever is still rising to the standard that keeps her on the show. Yeah. I mean, just watching them eat that um, second dish of hers, it was really clear why she, I I mean, they just loved it. They loved it. (laughs) They got filthy and they loved it, which means it has to have tasted amazing. And like, I get, I totally understand everyone's like, like, 
irritation with the season. I'm not meaning to like discredit any of our listeners or anyone watching who's like, this feels like BS. Cause it is, it is really frustrating when you don't feel like you're, you're like in a slightly alternate reality than the judges, but it just, yeah, I keep going back to that. They were like having such a good time wiping sauce off each other's noses. Yeah. yeah. So, so you needed something to sop up your, your sauce while you had a perfectly good evening gown. <laughs> just that, bite off a chunk of that ham. Drive it like a rental. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, so, so uh, this is the, for me, I, I'm talking a lot on this, I guess, because I feel like I'm, I'm feeling defensive because I had, I was angry about this last week. But this episode, I think, is just 100, is 180 degrees different. 180 degrees? Yeah, that's the right number. It's completely, completely different, different from last week with Dawn because this week her food, food ruled. And you can, like, oh, you didn't put the broccoli on that you were originally thinking of because it didn't live up to your standards. That's Or you didn't finish it. That's fine. That's great. That's normal. That's not a thing that you get punished for um, if your food is great. It's different from you didn't complete the number of plates required. And they just le- clearly liked the food so much that it was like... I think what happens is people, I think people, some people who've watched the show a lot get a little bit of Josie vibes from her because oh, it's yeah. consistently. Not. I mean, like look, having been with Josie recently. <laughs> look, no I know, way. I know, I know. Uh, it's, it's a Pacific Northwest season. She submarined somebody we like more during uh, Restaurant Wars. Um, she is not all together in the kitchen. She's not as organized as she needs to be. Um, it's that but then also world-class chef. And so I think they're letting the little bits that remind them of Josie get o- make you overly annoyed at someone who is not actually being that problematic. Yeah, I think there's a big difference in um, ownership that we could probably talk about all day. Also, the owner, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if she ever... I don't feel like she ever apologized for Restaurant Wars, but the rest of it... I Look, I think she... She felt bad about it, though. She says that in a talking head. Yeah, she felt bad. They all felt bad after the episode, and she didn't need to apologize for Restaurant Wars. I I will go down and say it's not because of her. That was a team failure because Mm -hmm. all four of them, right, or five of them, everyone on that team didn't communicate what their plan was for their service and like it sucks she changed her dish but like everyone was at that level of poor communication yes they, they were all doing a, a bad job but everyone else at least told said what their dish was going to be and then did it she changed it after she told them what it was we're, we're gonna die fighting about that i just look, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't i don't think that we have to like my point today is that i don't think you have to forgive her like you don't have to like give her a pass for screwing up over Sarah during restaurant wars to say she's cooking incredible food and who cares if there's potatoes, they would have licked that sauce off their own dresses. Of course, it's good enough to continue to move on. And I'm happy to see her do it like that. They can be separate. I'm going to keep relitigating restaurant wars. Oh no. Sarah wouldn't have lost if she had made a great cold dish. If she had made a great cold dish or like that, this is weird that this came out after Dawn's and that would have been worse to Dawn. Dawn would have looked worse if Sarah had a great cold dish and they said, Don, why did you make a hot dish before this? Like, you have just, to, we're not tasting it. I just think the text is Tom said this would have been great if there had been a cold dish before it. He I, that's said enough. that was like a one, this would have been great in like the whole um, or it string been. of things that they were saying where they were like, I didn't like this. You know, like it was, I, I, I think that. He might have said this been, could have been To be great. clear, yeah. you, you guys wanted to know why you were trying to figure out why people are so mad at Don. And I think you can't. Ignore you. You can disagree with that, but you can't ignore the fact that at Restaurant Wars there was this controversy that she was at the heart of, and that that could be leading people to be annoyed if she continues to do well. 
And it does feel like when somebody makes a bunch of mistakes, it feels sort of like they're on Ezra's show where you almost go home every time. And that that makes it less exciting for that person to win versus somebody like Shota, who has been in the top of 11 of 13 elimination challenges, which is mind boggling. Yeah. So yeah. if if she were to win with all of those mistakes over Shota, whose only mistake was making his horror dish too horrifying, it's it's it would be I, a little frustrating. I, I mean, I think the thing with Don, that's uh, there's so many interesting things here. One of them is that I think her tendency of leaving stuff off actually goes well with a tendency of like overcomplicating things. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. which think, Nina like, nailed. She's been there two episodes, and Nina called out Don yes. effortlessly. <laughs> Immediately, yeah, she knew exactly what was going on. And, and we have that before, right? Where it's like someone's like, oh, I meant to do this, but I didn't have time. Um, and it ends up being better. That's like a thing that happens a lot for, for other chefs, right? So it's like that, that it's not just that sometimes you do have an on the fly accidental thing that ends up, um, you know, getting a lucky bounce. Um, and I think also Don feels kind of like a, like a Myers Briggs test for like who is like maybe more on like the, um, that like the fixed, like on time kind of person, which is definitely not me. So, um, yeah, I think it's maybe just like, yeah, I, I get it. Some people like really, really like uh, are good rule followers. Um, and at least in this context, I don't think that would be me. So I, I like that there's a little more uh, wiggle room there. Yeah, I we think definitely- she psyched herself out. That's the other thing is like watching this is like, it just feels like she's so in her head now because she was so concerned about getting all of it. And then she was like, oh, God damn it. I forgot the potatoes again. <laughs> like she's, you know, she's so she was so focused on doing everything perfectly that yeah. she, and I think that was what in like compelled her to bring up the potatoes on forced yeah. judges tables. Like I'm, I, that's something I really related to. Like I'm a big time perfectionist. And if something doesn't go right, I feel this like overwhelming need to confess it. Oh my gosh. And, Just listen yeah. to Dawn's tone of voice yeah. on every recap she's doing. She sounds destroyed. Yeah. She's someone who holds herself to a super high standard. And I think that's part of the reason why I feel this like overwhelming need to defend her too, is I'm like, that's so that's so understandable and it it sucks to do this in the context of like a widely watched reality competition where everyone else is expected to execute to a super high standard but like man that's such a relatable thing to go through mm-hmm. yeah. well, I, and go ahead no you chris okay i, was I mean i'm stupid so oh okay um i was gonna be more serious i guess um which is just to say like i i know we're spending a lot of time relitigating this or you know kind of defending dawn against some controversy here i'm I'm just gonna go on record i'm not the biggest fan of dawn's food you know compared to some other chefs who are like i mean i i think i'm pulling for shoda at this point yeah but um i i think we feel differently about the presence of controversy or scandal or or sort of you know throwing anybody under the bus i i don't see it and so that's kind of where my defense is coming from is not necessarily like you know absolutely championing championing this person and their you know uh mistakes that they've made or or whatever but um you know i i I just don't see i don't see a villain here and i don't see a conspiracy here i I cannot agree more about both those points and and so like I just otherwise, based on watching 18 seasons now of this show, I'm, you know, fairly confident-ish of uh, some integrity regarding the judging. And I'm like, okay, I can can live with this. I think I just like justice. So that's why the brief one bothers me more than, like, who cares if there's potatoes? And the same thing with Gabe and his uh, hot dish is, like, 
I just I just want to feel I, I'm a rule follower and a, a yeah. the another kind of perfectionist where I feel like if someone is not following the rules and getting away with it, it's hurting all of us who are following the rules, and I well, get uh, very indignant. But in, and in and each what you case, feel, it's not like someone is like. I'm going to not follow the rules here. It's like, it's because of time. It's, you yeah. know, they were trying to follow the rules and then it, it just got away from them. And so it's, that's but the different. people who did make a cold dish. I feel like every time I've got uh, an email that's like, you have to be here at seven o'clock sharp, no, no late attendees. And then I'm in there at six 45 and then people walk in at seven ten, and they, nothing happens is very frustrating. And so if you did the work to get your dish cold and then Gabe serves a hot soup and they're like, wow, but it's so good. You'd be like, well, I guess I didn't need to do all this extra stuff trying to make cold food. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, as, as someone wise said, uh, earlier, television is artifice it and is. i think as viewers we're given what the rules are in theory on paper but the uh the absoluteness of each of those rules is is not known to us it's so true and, they get like 10 pages of legal documents of rules for every challenge and we don't actually know so it's kind right. of arbitrary so what the brief it, is tricky for what and is required. I, I i get i sympathize with viewers who feel that like oh we were given the rule and they broke a rule uh i'm you know i see a rule break therefore X, but so, it's I think you know it's wrap, I think it's squishier than that. To wrap up on this on this, I think um, especially today, I, I'm more excited about Don's food. The crab thing really was so charming. The mess of it was so charming. I would have liked. The only thing that could have made it better for me is if she came in and was like, all right, let's eat. And then she just pushed all of the tableware off and then just poured her crab in the middle of the table. Ooh, those are my favorite. Give everyone some plastic bibs. Ooh. Yeah. Put newspaper bib. over the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think it just it reminds me of like what we what as said many times, which is about like just setting your promise correctly. So like if Shoda's menu had said one perfect sushi bite, that's all you get. Everyone would have thought it was an incredible dish. So all show, all that Dawn has to do is she just, every one of her menus has to say two out of three of the following. And then there's three things listed. And then whichever one doesn't make the plate, you're like, well, she nailed it. It says two <laughs> out of three. So she's got the crab and the sauce and no potatoes. It's perfect. So just set the expectations. Yeah, I think specific naming conventions uh, on your menu is just as bad of an idea as ever. Like, if you're, it's like, Basically, when you meet someone that you know you've met before and you try to guess their name, just don't. It's like not worth it. <laughs> just, just you just say, "Hey, buddy." It's like, "Oh, it's so good to see that? you." Oh, I do not. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I, I'm very rarely going to say anyone's name because I am. I think it's just it's such a oh, a I, you're not saying you just walk up to someone and you're like, no, you like a Jessica. Okay, you're trying to remember. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay, like, like someone you've seen before, right? And you're like, right. oh, I know you. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've, I've, we've, we've exchanged names before. Just, just never. I, it's never worth it to say someone's name. Just, right. So every menu item should just be food. Yeah, yeah. just food. <laughs> Some food. Foods. Food, wet food, dry food, hot food. Ah, uh, that's too much for me now. <laughs> mouth food. All right, well, it's all mouth anyway, food. That's a great point, somebody, and we really appreciate you being on the show to say it. Um, that was be not, not using your name. <laughs> no, I understand. I, I got it. Um, all right. Uh, oh, I, since we're just doing controversies, we should also just mention one more time. Uh, I'm going to be very frustrated if Gabe wins the show. So all of that stuff aside, yes. I would have been fine if Gabe went home making a really good dish today because I would not have had to sweat Gabe in the finals. And now I still do. Yeah, it's I'm I'm concerned. Listen, I, I'm pulling for Shoda. It seems like 100%. the he, the true narrative of the season, if there is one, has been for like James Beard's three is. years running rising chef non-winner, which at some point. 
you have to be in the risen chefs category, I would think. Um, yep, you gotta you gotta compete against varsity. Yeah, you know? seriously. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pulling for him, and I would be happy if Dawn won, and her food was great, and the the stuff was all on it. I would not feel like there was a conspiracy or there was some crap. I I think um, a point I saw someone else make also that is like, if Dawn wins, the conspiracy theory would be wouldn't they clean up her narrative over the year to make it less bad less controversial like i think the fact that she's had kind of a messy run shows that they're not conspiring to force dawn to win because it would have been so easy to make her look better and then be like oh look the champion is the person we wanted all along instead of being like wow this is a controversial win i think that's a really good point they're the the artifice is always to benefit them not to benefit us i don't know it seems like you should just assume that all right before we go a uh, couple more things we got to do. Um, from zero to five stumps. How well did this challenge showcase Oregon? Megan, what do you think? Oh, um, I would give it uh, four. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I feel like uh, since I don't eat seafood, yeah. I didn't get to experience uh, this part of uh, the Oregon experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I appreciated seeing it on TV. Nice. Um, I'm going to give it zero stumps. Whoa. They went to the coast, no fudge, and the food was good. I don't believe it. I don't trust it. It's suspicious. What they yeah, should have done I is do waited. Like they should have waited almost two hours for brunch and then be given fr- still semi-frozen hash browns. I think that's the coast experience. But them just have. looking miserable in front of that beautiful scenery, that is that is a very authentic Excellent point. One stump. Experience. One stump for this challenge, for sure. <laughs> the Oregon coast is beautiful and so cold. Um any other stump recommendations? I'm going to give it five squirty clams. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I will toss this in from Jay, number one, before I even get to the full mailbag, who sent us along an article from Food and Wine uh, that has every Top Chef Portland filming location. Um, and he said, here's a guide to finding your stumps. So we'll put that link there. Um, although also since I was just in Portland, uh, two weeks ago, I can say a lot of the places have a big, we were on top chef sign outside to make it easier. Um, all right. And then then a couple more thoughts from the, it's time for the mailbag. You can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and by email podcasts at read-weave.com and we appreciate everybody who wrote into the mailbag a couple more quick mails that i want to include here Um, first a fast prediction from jane who says so while my predictions on misleading edits have been pretty bad i will speculate that since dawn got the most chaotic edit in the preview she actually wins however i'm totally rooting for shoda as i think he flipped the nas switch at the perfect time to smoke out the competition can you tell i just watched fast and furious oh I, I hope this is true. <laughs> yeah, Shoda's over there talking to Gabe like, too early. Too soon. <laughs> Classic. All I need is like a Monica. <laughs> I I mean, it is weird to say that he he turned it on at the end since he has been in the top almost every single time. But um, he threw on the Nas at, after already doing extremely well in the rest of the race. Yeah. That's, that's what, a great that's position That's what Dominic Toretto do, does. He yes. leads the entire time and then... Um, also uh we got on twitter from at leprechaun um i was very surprised by the shade kwame threw at shoda 
I feel like if Shota had plated the second sushi with mediocre rice, they would have been saying it shouldn't have been on the plate to begin with. Sometimes you can't win with these Top Chef judges. Yeah. Um, I think that was Kwame being a little Alex Falcone-esque in, <laughs> in uh, going strictly to the brief and seeing crab two ways and seeing one piece of crab. Also, that's, that's not the brief. That's the menu. I, very different thing. The menu and the brief are, are similar. They're similar like weights in terms of like if you have a menu that's saying what you're going to make in the same way of the brief is telling you what you should make. He just I needed be, a Sharpie is all he needed, right? Just, yeah, just right? like just redact it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think- if it just said sushi ways, and he just like walked around and he crossed off the two on everybody's menu as he was serving, like table side service, and he crossed off your two. I think part of it is not just that he said he was going to serve sushi two ways, but also, you know, did he present enough in the time that was allotted? Mm-hmm. It was an amuse. time that was allotted, right? Like, yeah, they said it. It yeah. was an amuse. And I, well, I've watched Jiro Dreams of Sushi. It takes all flipping day. It's very slow process exacting he, he should have um, i mean i think he could have just like taken the extra whatever extra ingredients and just like the second way is to make your own sushi enjoy <laughs> well i will say in, in terms of that like you can't win because it would have been bad if it had been on the plate um that does happen a lot where if you serve it they give you crap and if you leave it off they give you crap however you can win by just making it good so it's not like they've set you up an impossible standards it's like sure once you've made the rice bad the standards are difficult, but if you just make the rice good, you can win. Yeah. And in fact, he did win this. He did. Uh, he did in fact win. Yeah. And in fact, what yes. I did like about Shota on that was that he was like, well, it was not working well. So I decided to use the time to work on my hot dish. So, and I already, he, he gave us that little two camera. He's like, I already have all this extra crab prepped. Um, Shota's, Shota's got strategies. And I like that. Yeah, that was smart. Um, and, and really like, I guess he won in part because he chose to leave something off. Everyone had to leave something off. That's also true. He's the well. I guess Gabe chose not to serve you okay, tortilla I mean, a la melted uh, in plastic. Yeah, I suppose. Um. Also, does like I guess does linen melt or does that mean there's something else in it? Hotel linen Kikai. does totally melts. Yeah, yeah. No, polyester. I mean, I think linen was a generic term there. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Linen is in um, a table linen. A, a table linen. Yeah, but it was probably like polyester or plastic. Yeah, that was that was soups gross. By the way, mm-hmm. horrifying. Um. Lastly, from the mailbag from Jordan, who says, "I loved when Shota said he was embarrassed because of what his." because of his lunches growing up and that's what drives him to push his heritage and culture through food. My mom is Japanese from Hawaii. I grew up in North, North of Seattle uh, in a mainly white area and kids used to get weirded out when I had spam and rice, or even when I called my flip flops slippers as they do in Hawaii, um, which I had never heard before. And I am. I'm charmed. You know, I'm, I'm charmed and not, not shocked. Yeah. Um, I mean, wouldn't we all be better if we could all wear slippers in more situations? So well, but it's the same footwear. You're just calling it. No, slippers. I know. Even if it's just uh, you know in name only, I'm still down. And I think it's true in in lots of parts of the world. I think we might be in the minority calling them flip flops because my college roommate, both of my college roommates, called them slippers as well, and that really blew my mind. Freshman year I in college, feel like when I was a young child, we were told to call them thongs, and I was horrified when people uh, told me later that I was not allowed to say that because that meant something else. Yep, me too. Yeah, Could- my mom definitely. Called them thongs. Yeah, use use thongs. Yeah, Can we just, yeah they're flip flops. What if we smash all the names together so it's like maybe like slip thongs, slip thongs. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's one, yeah, and then it's like your quick fire. It's it turns two. out even better than any individual ingredient. <laughs> A slip thong is, is when two of your sandals together make one sound. Mm. 
just like simultaneously you see, you see like you're kind of like walking like a, like a bunny hop basically where it's That's like a, thump, it's, a, it's a diphthong joke oh where two vowels make the one it's too smart. It, was, it was very clever it was that joke really was good. too good for this earth right. it did it, <laughs> <laughs> that joke killed in another universe on another place <laughs> Not where everyone is smarter um we really appreciate everybody who wrote in this week and uh we appreciate everyone who's been with us through this whole journey and we'll continue on even if you're mad at the show. That means a lot to us. Um, I Before we go, I just want to let you guys know, next week is the finale, right? Hey, final yeah. finale, final episode. So for those of you considering getting in the mailbag, we're going to be recording again early morning Pacific time on Sunday, the 4th. Oh, the 4th. Hey. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get up early for America and record a podcast or in Chris's case, wake up at the whatever time he wants and do it at noon. But hey. um, anyway, we're going to be re- re- recording on the morning of the fourth show. Your last chance to get mailbag in for the season is Sunday morning. Um, so if you have anything you want to say, say it by then. And I would love to include it. Um, and if you send us stuff afterwards, we'll still read it and appreciate it. We just won't get it on the air. So that's your deadline. Uh, and I usually try to double check all the channels right before we record. So if you get it in by then, I will have it. Um, Chris, I know this is a little weird, but I think... I think I'm going to let you stick around for the finale. Yeah, I think we we have this extra spot because uh, Byron never showed up, so you can be here. <laughs> Sweet, I'll take it. Um, everybody, get your puffy coats ready because we're we've, we're going to the finale next week. Um, and thank you so much for hanging out, everybody. We really appreciate you listening and um, this whole season, and we look forward to wrapping it up with you next week. Thanks for being here, New Sarah and Kyle. Why? Thank you. It feels great. And- and as in Sarah, great chatting with you as always. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, thanks for hanging out and thanks for being such a good friend to your other friends. Ah. Thanks. And thanks everybody for listening. Please please write us and and just say hi even. It'd be great. I appreciate it. Megan. Have oh, a great rest of your day. You too. It's still early. Uh all right. We'll talk to everybody next week with the finale of Top Chef Portland. <laughs>